Honesty, how are ye? Welcome to the Candle Tales podcast, and we are having a post-show chat about our previous stories. And this is the end of the Battle Rage series. Whoop. We're joined with Soraka and Oshin, and my name is Aaron. So, well, we're all going to talk, tell, or talk about the stories we told recently. But we're going to start with Finnever and Oshin. Isn't that right? Yep. Uh, how are you? How are you? Yeah, we had a, I think this was something that was kind of an interesting one from the beginning, because as we were initially talking about Finnever, I was like, well, she's just a kind of a bit of a sad sack. And then you came in with a really strong, a really strong take on Finnever. That was really cool. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, so much mad shit has happened since then. That is true. Fair. That is true. Uh, but in, in fairness, it hasn't really affected what my mental take was in the first place. It's more kind of fucking hammered at home, where it's like, yeah. the latest sort of stuff is like, take a look at a set of circumstances. There's a generalized perception of what's happened and how, is it, how it's gone on. And then just think, wait a second, what if that person was thinking something slightly differently or a whole load of other mad shit had happened? Now let's look at it from that point of view and go. And it's, um, oh, there's loads of hippie crap and other stuff about this. Essentially, <laughs> <laughs> it was well, like, uh, is it based on, you know, like if you want to say, you can say it's, it's based on mindfulness, right? So yeah. being less judgy. So on multiple tiers of society, you know, it could be metabolic, giving loving kindness to your worst enemy, no matter what you could do. Or it could be fucking Bruce Wayne out robbing bread for the first time and realizing that not every thief is a criminal or not every mm-hmm. thief is a, is bad, etc. You know, oh, hang on, they were starving. Or it could be something else. Like there's a lot of uh, stuff in the news at the minute. And it's like instantly blaming one side or, or another side. And, like, yeah. and that's what we always that's, and that's what we always could try and come down on is like it's not black and white. It's it there's always a mix and there's always something in the middle that you can't quite define. Um and it's it's too easy yeah. to take a side in these things sometimes. Um, and there's and there's nuance. And I think that was kind of one of the things about this series as well, was like taking it from different people's different character perspectives was kind yeah. of a way into that. And like having Finnever, you know, the way that you had kind of jumped into that character as somebody who is like deeply enmeshed in this really crazy family and this extremely, you know, in modern parlance, very emotionally abusive and toxic mother who yeah. completely, you know, and I think it's it's a, it's a kind of it's a type of sort of emotional abuse that a lot of the time we don't really recognize because here. you think it is because it's 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 the 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 way that you the golden face. child the way that the golden child is also actually being abused because sometimes in families where there's a golden child it's it's kind of like oh well everyone but them is actually getting fucked around but no that no, kid no. equally fucked around but in it just a different way. Yeah. Just a, a, yeah. a specifically nasty kind of a way. And so it was really kind of interesting. And then, you know, we talked about the, the like structuring it 
so that we see the distorted memory first and then we can Mm. see the same memory with clarity, which I think is really kind of, it's an interesting thing to experience and it's an interesting thing to to story about, you know, when you look at something and go. Very interesting thing to experience this story told. And this is a message we got from uh, Christy on our Patreon. And she said, uh, I really enjoyed Oshin's voice on the Finnever story. I also really liked how the character he was trying to portray and by being in the first person, it was just so moody. I was looking for a short one to listen to. And then I was sad that it was ended. Ha ha ha. I know I'd certainly like to hear more of that. That's from Christy. So I think it was an interesting one to hear because I was worried about telling a story from on Emer and uh, uh, doing it first person because of a male voice. But it was actually so interesting mm-hmm. to hear your big growly male machismo voice talking about this kind of special girl that's beautiful and rem- far removed. It, it actually made this really strange kind of, um, what's the word? Uh, uh, the opposite kind of. Distance. Uh, yeah, yeah, a great distance. A really, a really cool kind of dissonance. But I, I like, I actually, yeah, it very much left me being like, we need to do more of that. Because like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've voiced Cucullin and told stories from male perspectives an awful lot. And you guys have told stories from the woman's perspective. But I think getting into character as somebody yeah. who's, you know, I, I think it's just, a, it's just, let's do more Talk of that. It, it fucking, it, it worked extremely well, I think. And like far from being something that breaks the the immersion, it actually kind of helped the immersion. Sorry, as you were saying something? I I remember I said I was going to re-record it because I wasn't sure about my voice on it. I was like, oh, I like, I I don't know. I like the scratchiness and I like that kind of thing, but I'm not sure if, you know, I I didn't know. And and then I was going to cut out the, you know, the breath sounds and some of the, you know, bits of whatever that we normally take out of stuff. But for the, the first person ones, it really needs them. And especially on your one, Aaron, it was it was like, uh, what was the first one that we um, actually did? Uh, Emer for uh, this particular no, set? No, the first, first, the first, the first was, one was, was um, uh, Leg. You did Leg. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And that was the, that was the first, first person perspective of the series. Yeah. Or first, right. first, first person perspective of the podcast, was it? You never did a full one like that before. I feel like we have, but I can't remember. I think we did folk stories and I think we might have done some goddess stuff that was first part. I'm not sure. I can't really I, remember. I, oh, I definitely did the um, the bull story in first person perspective. Did I do leg? I think I might have done leg as a narrative. I can't actually remember now. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember um, anything I know, so many of them and we didn't do them in the order that we published them in either no so. apologies for that confusing <laughs> comment but uh ultimately i think we've 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 found throughout the season that like hearing the first person perspective from a couple of, of stories has and then also not choosing to do all of them which is nice it's, it's nice to change it up because it, i think it's a bit intense for always you know to always be doing it it's nice to sit back and kind of like just get a narration kind of like that's i certainly found the mix in this series was 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 nice and maybe maybe in later series we will just do a whole straight through i think i Um, I find it interesting because i actually found like um yeah i found it interesting because i did two in character and i did one like not in the character voice 
And the mm. one that I didn't do in character voice, I found a much more difficult story to write. Right. Um, yeah. And I think it was partly because it, there was still, I, I don't know if it was because there was that distance, but I also think that she was just a difficult character for me to get my head around, I, uh, yeah. which we can talk about in a minute because that's Finnegan because she's one of the ones we'll be talking about. But um, I think you're right. I think it is easier to drop into like when, so mythology is amazing in that like there's a massive background of knowledge of, of stories of information that you don't necessarily have to tell in the telling. Right. And, and as a narrator, that gets difficult because you're like, Oh, I should say that they come from this and there's this and there's this. And it, it's actually easier to streamline the information when you're in character. Cause mm. you're like, okay, that's background. But what I feel and what I think right now is actually I'm fucking annoyed. And this is, that's all I need to say. And you know, you, you, you tad bits you're of information. Right. Yeah. yeah. You just vocalize it as you do. Kind of, and you drop the context, you drop a lot of the context for these stories. So like, that was kind of something we talked about earlier on in, in the recording of this series that like, this is, this series assumes that people know the tone. And if you don't know the tone, you can go and listen to it before you listen to this. Like it's, it kind of, it, it requires, I think a certain level of, of prior knowledge. No, maybe. I also think for some people, it might actually be quite intriguing to listen to these stories and then go back and listen and fill in the gaps. Cause I think that can also be a a nice way of approaching things, but that we were, Sorry. I love lore hunting. Yeah, yeah, you know, like exactly. You play, you play a game and then you go read up every single thing about it that's ever been written and then you read a load of fan fiction and all sorts of other crap. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> yeah, exactly. On the vocalizers as well. Um, you know, the thing that you had with the, like, because Finnever was very detail light. Yeah. Mm. So, very light, very light. Yeah. Um, well, no, there was a whole ton done in her honor by a guy called Fred, but basically the detail I found was it was done in her honor. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So there, like, there was loads of stories with her just mentioned in them. So it was easier to go, okay, well, what would she have been thinking in this context watching this happen? Mm-hmm. Because we don't have the detail. As opposed to, you know, having to write up a whole load of detail and create all these scenes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But it does still require, I think, a huge kind of immersion into the mindset of the character. Like it makes you really jump in to like, what would it be like? Like, that's what I love about it. I'm like, you jumped into what it would be like to be a a beautiful prize daughter who's dangled mm-hmm. above like all of these men as, tro- as a trophy. And like our, our ability as human, uh, human beings to be able to actually experience someone else's story from, you know, putting yourself or listening to it. it I, you know, that kind of blows my mind a little I bit. Feel I, like, I, love it. I feel like this has been a series for those kinds of moments though. Cause we were talking about this as well the last time with the Nessa story where you were like, Oh, I, I didn't realize that that was a feeling that you could have. And it was like, yeah, this this is this kind of jumping into these characters very deeply like it's something that you notice the more of this kind of stuff that you do that there there aren't really any emotions that are specific to one type of person we have access mm. we all have access to the same range of emotion and it's just the kind of context that informs how we experience it and our kind of cultural context and our our society around us but we can imaginatively and empathetically all experience the same things 
So yeah, yeah, you you can imaginatively become and shapeshift and transform as a storyteller into the perspective of a, of a beautiful young princess. So yeah, so um, well, I didn't think of it as I was a pretty princess. I I, I fundamentally broke it down into uh, I a, a child. You know, like because I know you know the way before I said it, I was like I don't necessarily see gender. I, I, it confuses me in relation to what blah, 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 I don't really care. It's what you can do and what you do, what your position is, what you're at, and what you're not at. Blah. So I'm like, okay, so it's the the prize of the family, you know, like mm-hmm. so it, it's just golden child. You know, it didn't really matter that it was a princess. It was just like what is it? Because I don't imagine personally, you know, I could be wrong, but I can't see how you know, a, a girl that's being treated as the prize of a family would feel particularly different to a boy being treated as the prize of a family, being isolated, told they're better than everybody else, kept away from everybody else, and not having anybody else to influence how their how their mental development grows in that context. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought it was like so so from that's where I put it from. It's like an isolated person that's literally being programmed to be whatever they are. Yeah. And and yeah, I think that's so that's a dark. <laughs> it's pretty fucking dark, but it's also pretty fucking cool because you know the 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 overlay of what that means uh, for her to be like a woman and the like her being the prize being like someone offered whose hand of, in marriage is offered. That's the kind of cultural overlay that then sits on top of the emotional truth of the child who was isolated and manipulated. So I think yeah. you're right that like that's where you go into because you're actually getting past. The gender stuff then because gen like it is a fucking trip if you start sitting down and trying to get into character while going okay well what does being female have to do with this and then this and then this and then this you're just going to get around in circles because what even is a fucking male and female in in the way that a person experiences their gender but again like is different for fucking everybody really the mother was like Showing a different example to how she was telling her daughter to live. You know, yeah. like I'll do all of this stuff, but you have to do it this way and you have to do it that way because you're in a special thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, and like, like, you're just getting gaslit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we we experienced the we experienced all these stories and we've talked about this many times in this podcast before of how we experience these stories through archetypal kind of lenses and like the child is something that is just is global and, and we all we've all been a child we've we, we all know what it's what it's like to be that innocent and, and that free and we see it and so actually getting into that mindset with like you know maybe the shadow side of the, of the mother which is the 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 ideal mother is the the nurturing caring one but the yes. shadow side of that is the is not caring. Not oh nursing. yeah, yeah, and the whole Jungian kind of shadow oh, no, thing of like, yeah. This is the thing. You think that not caring is the worst thing that they can do, but it's not. Not even a little bit. Oh, oh, yeah. It gets dark. It gets, it gets dark. real dark. It's a dark story, but it's really fucking cool. And I like well, the I like the ending <laughs> as well because um, this was something we kind of discussed. In terms of like, there oh, are, yeah. there's a version yeah. of it where she like kills herself on the she, on the battlefield. Well, I made that one up. <laughs> the actual one was she came out and when she found out that she'd been sold as a prize to everybody, she died of fucking shame. 
That's right. Mm-hmm. That was yes. the one that was in the in the town that we originally were were, were working off of. And then yeah. I was like, no, hang on. She, no, 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 no. That doesn't really make sense. Shame. It doesn't seem to be shame. And I'm like, no, she died of rage. Okay, she died of rage. And then I was like, how am I going to get her to die of rage? So it's cool. And then she goes, okay, you can never kill herself. But nah, it's, it's not great. Yeah. Fuck yeah. this. Just have her walk straight down into Wayne again and take Maeve's power with her as she goes looking for the Morrigan. Yeah. And again, that's, <laughs> little, that's one of those like, that's one of those like, you made it up, but also you joined a couple of dots that are very, very uh, consistent with how we t- try and tell these, tell these stories. We're like, oh, yeah. there's a very brief uh, synopsis here. Oh, she died of shame. What the hell does that mean? Well, yeah. Maeve, her mother, had, had access to Alan Nagat, a portrait yeah. of the other world. She knows about it. She definitely knows there. The Morrigan is, is the goddess of battle rage. He knows no. that Frake is there. That's where Frake, that's where Frake was taken. She came out and brought him back under the mountain and all. So, like, oh. you know, the monks do this whole thing. Like, there was definitely, you know, when we're reading stuff as well, especially when, you you know, you all know, you understand a bit of old Irish or Irish, and you're reading an English translation or something, and it's like certain words, you're like, no, 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 no. That, 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 that didn't that, quite fit. You know, something like that, that's a flower and that's something else. That's, that, that's modern floral that's been put into the story. Mm-hmm. Or that, or, mm-hmm. or any sort of God references in the non-Lady Gregory stuff, because they were fairly pagan on that. But any God references that's in the the other stuff is like that was all put in, especially with yeah. the Patrick stuff and all that, whatever you know. And um, so mm-hmm. you can kind of work around that. So like dying of shame, yeah. I could totally see somebody like making it going off to the other world. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, making a choice. Yeah. And I'm like, today is a good yeah, I like, I think that's a very Celtic. I think that's very of that culture is like, you're not afraid of death. You're not afraid of dying because it's as long as your story is told, you stay alive. And so this idea of her taking power in that particular way, fucking dark as it is and just going, nah, I'm taking, I'm taking myself out and I'm taking a huge yeah. chunk of your power with me. Yeah, uh, like fucking try and stop me. You know, it's great. It's it's such a powerful move. Yeah, um, no, obviously you don't condone this. Well, like this is, <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen. If anybody's feeling like they might want to take themselves out to hurt somebody else, please go and talk to somebody and don't listen to, don't take our fucking mythological analysis as advice for fuck's sake. No, that's um, good. Like clarifier, just for sure. Just as a clarifier. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's always good also, to, Maeve to had state to sleep, that. So there was another option. We don't condone. No, no, we also don't condone murder. <laughs> oh, we don't condone murder. <laughs> <laughs> just to just to clarify, no, not on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's decide for ordering pizza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go get pizza, mom. Pizza. This is going to be um, really interesting to listen to on a on a podcast with no visuals. No yeah, with no <laughs> what visuals. the fuck is Oshin Well, you just have to go onto YouTube, and subscribe, <laughs> and like to our channel. Find all our video content up there. Um, get more yeah. and see Oshin's fancy new lens, where he's doing several fairly dodgy. Uh, um, 
things. Yeah. So, um, Oshin, the other question I wanted to ask you about this whole series, really, um, yeah. bar the one Rude did himself, uh, you did the music for everything. So how did you find playing music, not only for your own story, but for the whole... Did we lose Aaron? Yeah. I think we lost Aaron. Okay, well, he was asking you about music for the whole series, so you could just answer. Yeah. yeah. Come back whenever. Basically, I um, so I started with the first one, and I had an Atmos and the bass in, and the bass was going to be the beat and the thing. And then I think I put bass in for the second one. And then the third one came along, and I dropped the bass out there, and I just kept Atmos in it. Which was the third one? Was that Finicum or Emer? Uh, Finicum, I think. Your one. My one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I had it for the first two. Um, and then I dropped it out for that one because that was your narration one, was it? Yeah, that was my narration one. Um, that was... And for some reason, it seemed like it needed that space. And then after that point, I kind of kept it more atmosy and put in like another layer of weird atmos into the original mm. atmos because it's all organic and evolves from the start through through the story um, and then as well uh, the same thing happens with this especially this always generally happens with you and Aaron so you tell a story in a series and it ends up having the same arc and beat and everything i could literally reuse the music for one like one on the other one you know no the way. Flows and, yeah 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 um it's it's really fun it, it, because obviously and also this is how you like you teach this stuff is like there's an yeah. arc and there's, so there's it's like it's just the set it's very similar you know like how you'll tell a story and build a story. I'm just saying how I could have used the same music for both sto- both of your stories at certain points if I wanted to, with minor t- tweaks in the cha- timing. Like, I, I mean, like, you're talking, like, move a riff 20 seconds at minute 22. No way. You know, because the, the final crescendo is 20 seconds plus or t- minus. It's, uh, it's... Wild. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of isn't it? And then my one was uh, a lot right. shorter. But I seem to tend to, even when I'm telling a story, unless I'm going for a proper waffler, they usually be 10, 15 minutes max. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, yes. my, I think all of mine in this series were about 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was a fairly tight little series. Like, none of them were particularly long. I think I... I am aware, by the way, lads, I apologize that the final episode in this series, uh, you have not had a chance to listen to it yet because I finished recording it five minutes before we sat down to this chat. Um, oh, I'm aware so of we, it. I'm aware of we, it. We can't. I just want our listeners to know that, you know, you'll already have heard it. It's the Marigan story. Um, <laughs> I, I, I. I thought it. I thought it was pretty good, but I I'm the only one who's actually heard it. So uh. <laughs> sweet, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've been wanting to hear this one since um, mid December. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Well, you were trying to get me to record it before you went to Guatemala because you were like, I want to have a holiday, holiday. And I was like, No, man, no. <laughs> This is the story that you told us that you had to tell and had to get Absolutely. out. Absolutely. I was you, telling you I was basically telling, knew it before I, the season even started. You were like, yeah, oh, I'm yeah. good. This is the only one I want to tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. 100%. It was the only one I wanted to tell. And then we had to do other stuff before I could tell that. 
And then by the time we got to the time when I had to tell it, I had lost interest in it, gotten bored of it, <laughs> forgotten the idea and didn't want to do it anymore. Um, She's not a bit contrary, lads. She's not a bit contrary. I'm uh, fine. Everything is fine. Uh, so I had to kind of go back, figure out what the fuck I was talking about in the first place that I was excited about. Mm. I still, I'm not quite sure that I did exactly the same thing that I said I did then because I probably Almost didn't. certainly not. Almost certainly have done a slightly different thing with it. Found something else that I was excited about. Think about that for a while. <laughs> then get interested in that. And then like write it. I did this one. I ended up this, this ended up being one of the most composed stories I've ever done in that I actually wrote out the first couple of paragraphs wow. and like read it twice, which is why I've got a whisper bit at the beginning, which mm-hmm. I was t- cool. talking to Oshina about before that you joined. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I think it will sound cool. I couldn't get I couldn't figure out a way to get them to match up because uh, I didn't know how to use it on on the new program we're using, but I Oshin hopefully will be able to because um, I've talked about it now. <laughs> Yeah, she can't wait to hear that. But like, I mean, I usually, you know, the, by now, but. you know, the way I usually don't write anything out, I actually kind of wrote out the first bit of this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was I was thinking about. I was thinking about goddesses and I was thinking about goddesses in the kind of. In the sense of being the embodiment of an aspect of humanity. Uh, and it being like. She's not a goddess that is particular. She's not a goddess that is nice and she's not a goddess that is kind, but she is a goddess who is the embodiment of battle rage. And you can kind of embrace her and step into her flow for a second. And that's what I sort of reinterpreted battle rage as is somebody like turning to her. And then your heart starts to beat faster and your vision fucking clarifies. And then she washes away again and you're left standing in the detritus of whatever the fuck happened when you lost your temper. Um, And that being the kind of idea behind it. And then from there, I was like, okay, so what's her fascination with Ku Cullen and where does that come from? And what I ended up with was, well, she's a very disinterested goddess to most people because most people either try and not lose their temper, in which case they fucking suppress it. So they either turn it inwards or they end up exploding periodically and like fucking ruining everybody's lives because they left 10 years of fucking unwashed dishes pile up at the back of their mind until they lost the rag. Or they kind of fall in love with it because losing your temper can be kind of addictive because you don't have to fucking think about anything. And, and either way, she gets to sort of annihilate them. So Mm. I was like, all right, well, the only possible champion for a goddess like that, the only possible human that she could have any kind of relationship with is one who fucking makes her angry. So I then got into why Kukulin makes her angry. (laughs) And like, I love him, but I hate him. (laughs) He fucking annoys me. And so that was and then segued into talking about the the battle at the forum and, and that. That whole fucking mm, that they have, because they do, they have this weird mm. relationship where he's like her pet, but he oh, also really? keeps rejecting her. And 
Yeah. And essentially, yeah, like I guess if it, if if the whole kind of premise of this and like this is what we kind of talked about, like if if the whole premise of this is like calling upon or you know in, you know basically getting the rage from the Morrigan and, and her feeding into that flame that rises and it it kind of being her that you're embodying or being or or calling down yeah. in, into you're, you're stepping into her, her flow. Yeah, but Kukola exactly. not giving her the respect of going, thank you for the rage that I've used to devour or destroy my enemies. It's all, but he just claims it for himself. That's Kukola being just, like, this is a gift from my father. And her being like, yeah, what? Yeah, what? Yeah, what? <laughs> Fucking mm. shiny pants. I don't think so. But so that, that was my. That cunt that sent the dagger up to ride me to get him on our, on get, get me on your on his side because he couldn't yeah. fucking we beat his own. Dad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That cunt. Exactly. <laughs> I now wish I could go back and do it in a proper dub accent. Um, that would have been the accent for it, actually, would wouldn't be. it? Weird. Uh... Come here to me, Satanta. Do a Just do the line up. Put it in. <laughs> uh, I, I, I can't wait anyway. to hear what music you're going to do now for this as well Osh. <laughs> yeah I know this was the one because because I'd found on doing the whole bassy Billy thing but then as usual I was like you can't pre-plan the fucking music yeah like yeah, when yeah, you, can, you can't but like you're doing it wrong then <laughs> yeah. you, you just you basically I've seen you do this you, you listen to it once or maybe twice and then you sit down with the guitar and you just you play it um, yeah. and it, it, it's usually beat for beat pretty fucking on the ball like um, that's because I've heard like, it twice in my head yeah you the ups and downs the crescendos the in the outs um, yeah it's it's <laughs> it's great to actually observe and watch uh, you've done a couple of videos for this haven't you of you Doing I did the... one with the bass where it's just me going to, and that's basically that's that's my process. Otherwise, it's all going to be the same. It's just like sitting there, twenty minutes. <laughs> like I don't even move really, or anything. It's just like uh, you know, like, hyper focus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and even when I'm playing the guitar right now for podcasts, like. Uh, <laughs> It's <laughs> like, you like to have it in the room, you know. Like, I like to sit and wait. I'll just show you for the crack. Yeah, go on. Crafty, you know, nice. pile of instruments, <laughs> speakers, rack of instruments, fire, you know, a nice little. And I just kind of close the curtains, like the fire, and this is a story, like traditionally, and then play the music. So it's, you know, I, I have a whole cool, like, Little setup process creation room as well. And it's nice. cozy. Yeah, and this is like, where you know, this is this is where you thought that um when you were listening to my story that I sounded like Robert Carlyle. Yeah, that was the one. <laughs> you got a, a very kind, you know that it was just a kind of a nasal twang that came into it. Uh, accidental anyway. Did not no, it, but hey, no, it was I, it. It's, it's it hard to, it's hard not to go a little bit Scottish when you're trying to do a Northern Irish accent. We weren't doing an accent. It was just whatever particular choice of diction you'd chosen to tell that story with. Well, again, like, kind of talk, talking about like the, the decision my, to, to go into character or not, I certainly yeah. stayed as narrating voice for the Emer uh, story. And 
Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes, like, you do end up putting on a, a slightly alternate voice. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's often very accidental. Um, and, like, you know, you slag me sort of go of like starting the podcast always with my radio voice. Connors T, how are ye? Connors T, like, oh. how are ye? And I'm like, just talk to me like a person, please. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, it's it's kind of unconscious. You accidentally yeah. do it. And, and certainly like, uh, but I think is I fucking hear you do it too. Like, <laughs> oh, I do it too. I, know I do it too. It would not annoy me if I did not also do it. Yeah, it yeah. would. You, it, you know, it, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. This yeah, is yeah, like, yeah. you know, when you you know when you're around when you're around family and they something they do something that fucking takes you off and you're like, what? No, couldn't. I, I, I recognize that. Yeah. This is uncomfortable. This is the fucking mirror, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> so I remember, hopefully, to not do this anymore myself. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but like. Also, again, I think even in the narration, there's like a certain amount of characterization in the way that we do things. Yeah, I think, yeah. Know, I think so like, too. Um, we I'm doing, pretty I sure I had a different doing. accent. I'm pretty sure I had a different accent for Fiddicum, but that is mostly because I was in Cork over Christmas. So I probably oh, yeah. had a Cork, Cork accent. The more Cork. The closer you get there, the more cork comes out. Way more, way more. So yeah, it yeah. was a little bit cork, but that was that was that was not actually intentional. That was just because I was in cork. Yeah, you know, you have a geographical accent. I do. Situation, I do. If I yep. talk to my dad on the phone before recording a podcast, it's going to be drastically different. Like, oh yeah, yeah. he's quite cork. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty sure. You know, he, I, I was... he, he's like, if you, if you wanted to look up a Cork accent, that was like that. But there's a few Cork accents like Dublin, though, isn't there? There's some, there's some kind of Cork City accents that are very fast and a bit more through the nose, but they're, yeah, they're, yeah, that is not oh, the, no. the variety. Then there's, oh, well, then that's, there's a Nansnotty yeah. accent as well, which is kind of the, 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 the posh accent, but it's quite, it's quite a kind of a nasal one as well. And it's not too yeah. dissimilar from a D4 accent, but it's definitely yeah, a C4 yeah, yeah. accent. Like you see, the guys words, have yachts down in Carrigline. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then you so get the kind of, yeah, there's, there's a number of... How? How are Yeah. Fine side. And then what about them Cork boys to live in Malin over in Jamaica? That's where it came from. That's where it came Google, from. Google 1974, Ray Arc, the Black Irish in Jamaica. <laughs> the whole theory <laughs> of the Caribbean accent. About Cromwell scooping up lads off the west coast of Africa and the west coast of Ireland. Yeah. Uh, that's where they went. Oh, fuck yeah. They went but to like, the Caribbean. That's the whole well, theory there you go. Still the like, Caribbean right. accent came from. Is the Jamaican Cork, but... accent came from Cork. Yeah. It sounds uh, like it did. It definitely no, it does. No, it actually did. It it's a combination did. of yeah. Nigerian and a Cork accent. You can look it up. I'm telling you, I'm not making this one up. This is, there's this a lot is, of Irish like, schools over there as well in the Caribbean that are like set up. All the priests and all the places, mate. Now Presbyterian brothers went over there. I'm telling you. Snakes! Anyway, we've got slightly off topic. I feel like we're slightly off topic. Because um, <laughs> we're talking about battle rage and we're suddenly in the Caribbean uh, yeah, talking about it's so warm. 
You did get Cromwell in, and that is it. That is a name to inspire battle rage in everybody. Army being a Fuck yeah. Rage. Yeah, there you go. Six degrees. Yeah. Of, so this is the six degrees of separation <laughs> from the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to ag- aggravate people listening, we're we're just tangentially related to battle rage. Um, yeah, yeah, things yeah. that will annoy. So just jump around, uh, jump, jump around. Uh, we got to talk about Emer, and we're going to talk about Finnegan. Um, Ush, Absolutely. are you happy to stick around for another little bit, or do you need to do you need to jump? Just giving you an I, opportunity now, because I'm going to go basically because I'm getting hyper and losing focus. And I don't <laughs> want to detract from the stories that you guys are going to talk about. <laughs> Because I want to go and have a random like uh, new model army conversation. Because my, my monkey mind is going. You <laughs> go talk way. about the new model army, and we will yeah. talk about the other two stories in the battle rage I series. I had will... like a proper random banter conversation about mad shit with people in a while. Because <laughs> I've been very focused on stuff. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's important to get all that mad shit out. As as Eric says, don't leave those wa- those dirty dishes pile up in the back. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. I had that this years ago, and I was like, "You can't medicate me because I'm addicted to my own fucking dopamine." <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> Nothing else will do. Right. Nothing else will do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Thanks so much. Are you okay? uh, <laughs> so yeah, I guess we'll continue talking. Uh, Emer, yeah. <laughs> so, according to Oshin, who is uh, doing the music, he texts me straight away saying, "Oh, you look sound like Robert Cardile in this," which I definitely <laughs> didn't. Uh, not on purpose, anyway. Uh, it, I was actually it was one of the ones I was most nervous. Again, like you, the I found it harder to do than the uh, first person ones. Because there's a lot of detail in that in that story, and again, like even keeping it from just Emer's perspective, that actually tripped me up a few times. Because there's a good bit in this story; it's quite a long story, and there's a good a bit about uh, how did she find out a couple of bits of information, and I kind of had to leave that on. Uh, leg I'm pretty sure leg work. leg tells her leg spills fucking everything. Everything, yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah. And uh, so that's that in, in that conversation, I was like, okay, because that's what she asks him and, and and that's how she finds out about the tryst. But then there's like all of the other world stuff that is explored in the, in the story, but she doesn't know about it at all. So I did. Yeah. So I, I tripped myself over trying to get those details in. Actually, I found that. Difficult. Yes. Um, but uh, yes. I think I certainly talked to uh, you and Kira, my girlfriend, about like how I've definitely been on the receiving end of a lot of female rage, and uh, I, but you know, to embody it or to portray it, I found is it different? Is it not yeah. really? I guess it's kind of smashy, smashy, but it's definitely. I tried to kind of make a a, a clearer, kind of set more subtle very strong kind of execution-y kind of I am righteous and right and angry and fucking going to tear the world down because you can't hurt me. Uh, I'm going to kill this bitch who's in my way um, type of a feeling. But yeah, it, it was a very interesting thing for me to even try and explore, which is, you it's, know, opposed it's to an interesting, it is an interesting thing to explore because I think there is that like, there is, you know, we were talking earlier about the impossibility of like splitting things up by gender. But I think there's, there were also moments in this series where like it was like, oh, this actually feels like there is a gendered thing going on here that is 
making it difficult for me to get into it. And I think mm. that was kind of that moment for you was like, what's the difference in female rage and male rage? And we had a conversation about that and kind of, you know, where I, you know, for me, it's a, it's a distinction rather than a difference. Like the emotion is the same, but I feel mm. like, and this is speaking more in kind of archetypal terms, but like the, the rage is there's something more focused in it. There's something either because it's either very, very precise or it's destroy the entire world. Because those are the kind of like, those are the sort of two forms of rage goddesses that you get in a lot of mythology where you either get one who's like fucking, you know, uh, the myth of, of Nakonya that you told a while back where she bites off the, the ear of the man who assaults her, where it's like mm. that's precision delivered rage. Where it's like, I'm going to I'm going to do the thing to you that fucks up the entirety of the rest of your life, but is actually quite neat. Mm -hmm. Like it, nobody else is getting caught in this blast. This is not a bomb. This is a fucking right. this is a needle sniper. You know needle. what I mean? It's real, real neat and it's real clean. Or you get your kind of Demeters or your your uh, Kali's who Kali, are just like yeah. fucking or sex. I think Sekhmet is the Egyptian one that turns into a lioness and is like, I'm going to drink the blood of everybody. Like yeah. all of it gone, burnt down. And it's kind of like the Marigan is like, that exact kind of character who just burns well, the fucking world down, you know? Absolutely. The, and the Marigan in her, in the story of her and her son is the one who's like, I don't care if the world burns down. I got a son. I don't care about anybody else. If he's going to grow up and destroy the world. Cool. World's going to end sometime. Um, might as well be when my kid dies because you think I'm going to want to be around any of you fuckers then nah nope. uh, like yeah. it, it's it's but then I think there's like to me that's the thing whereas the I guess more masculine energy of that is less conscious and less focused where it's mm. like I'm going to I'm going to slam doors and throw fists and probably there are going to be some accidental casualties whereas I yeah. don't think I think there's something about like I'm not going to accidentally hurt anybody. If I kill everybody in the world, it's because I fucking meant to. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I, I, I struggled with, like, I, I talked to you, I talked to Kira about it. I, I talked like uh, it out after, well, both before and after. And I thought I'd kind of got it wrong. I wanted to go back and kind of like be a bit cleaner, be a bit more decisive, be a bit like more not vindictive i think vindictive is the wrong word but very def definitely kind of surgical in that like mm -hmm. you fucked me up and i am absolutely clear in this that i want to fucking destroy you and you alone or your girlfriend new girlfriend basically in that i ha i have a target and i i guess basically i didn't because as you know storytelling is kind of in the moment and with a 20 minute piece you're very much like in that flow and then to kind of remove and we've done it before where we've gone back and edited bits i just felt that to break that to reinstate something that i kind of was working with anyway i'll probably tell it live again in a much different way and, mm -hmm. and, and go back to it again in, with a different insight which is again i think that the like if i was to put uh my version of what you just said there on it is the male rage is very much explosive and not um considering a consequence it's it's in the moment and it's not concerned about what's happening afterwards whereas the female rage seems to be very much obsessed about the outcome of what's going to mm -hmm. happen um, mm -hmm. so it's much more um 
uh, in tune with with uh, with the consequence and what's 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 uh, playing out in the future, uh, and possibly that's part of the rage because like it's the it's the with with Emer it was this past uh, heard the fact that she cared for him helped him through sickness was so loving and kind for all of that and then to get that thrown back in her face for a future now that can't, can't you know uh, can't be fixed and the the tragedy of it is like the it's such a fucking tragic story in a way because there was no healing the, the yeah you know there was nothing I, to be done other than I, I've always found that really fascinating in terms of like mythologically, you know, in terms of the way that these stories kind of stand, there is a, the level of betrayal that happens here. And it's it's really interesting because like they mm. are in what we would consider today to be an open marriage, at least on his side. Like he is yeah. he is allowed to sleep with other women. She does not have a problem with that. But the emotional betrayal is so strong and her reaction to it is so strong and his reaction to her reaction is so strong that they actually break their relationship. They yeah. are over. And like, it and is kind of... Fixed, yeah. they try and stay, but like milk is going sour. Every man in the country isn't able to sleep with his wife. <laughs> like, you know, that's how Yeah, like this is... is and it's it's the kind of, it's the, it's the whole idea of being like the king like they are the, they are the lord and lady of Dundalgan and if yeah. they're not in harmony with each other the whole fucking county is fucked yeah. so it it's really interesting that because they they almost kind of like they bring in the druids to like ret retcon it never happened like forget mm. the whole year just as you just you guys are just missing a year and we won't talk about it um, like don't talk about anything that happened in that particular year where Kukula was sick and then they broke up and it's 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 a it's a really kind of it's an interesting one because it's it's not something that happens very often in mythology where you get characters that are pushed into a situation where it's like well we have to un we have to make this not have happened anymore because otherwise we can't get back to Kukulin is married to Emer and they live in Dundalgan. Like there's yeah. no version of that that can exist. Well, we're like I found it was it was a mad story to be to be telling away because like you know throughout my twenties I didn't really get into relationships. I decided they were a bad idea for me. Um, and you know, uh, open kind of seeing each other thing, blah, blah blah. But as soon as you're in a committed relationship and you consider the consequence of of fucking around or not taking it seriously, um, you know. You, you can tell yourself the story of, ah, it would be fine, or not really consider the consequence. But then when, yeah. you, when you both listen to or tell a story like this, or specifically this story, you go, oh, the, the, the break and the rift that you make by actually, uh, whatever, cheating on somebody, but emotionally cheating on somebody, you know, I think is the really, like... Yeah, think. well, I, I think, you know, the different couples, define cheating in different ways and that's sure. what i think is interesting about this one is like it's not the physical physically he's 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 allowed fuck around right like, he's not allowed to fall in love which is it which is a rule that i think a lot of polyamorous couples have where it's like yeah, yeah you can sleep with other people but don't don't make someone primary over your primary partner like mm. There's the 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 couple still. There's still some lines there. I think it's different yeah. for different couples different in different situations. Sure. But it's it's just like the emotional rather than the physical uh, betrayal 
causes such a rift mm-hmm. that there's no going back and it's just like that's the key thing to, to remember like there's just no going back you know and you're like that's the yeah. consequence you're dealing with and that's the consequence that Cucullin does not consider in this story at all and that's what's so infuriating as well and it's like a nice reminder of it so um yeah I, 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 I've always loved that story and I've always we've always threatened to tell it and, and, and on the podcast so I'm kind of glad we finally got to it but I think I think it'll yeah. actually be one that I'm really looking forward to you telling again like to tell it yes we we've we've told loads of stories and we might come back to uh because i tell one and you tell a version or you tell one and i tell the, i think it'll be great well, to when you know when we when we used to do fucking 12 shows a, a year um a, a in one. three different venues and did you know did the same show three times over back in back in the before times back in the long the long, ago, times, uh, long ago we used to have the great opportunity to do that because you would tell the story once or twice and then you'd be bored of it and i'd do it i'd do it the third time uh, yeah. so we used to do lots of swapping them around yeah um well the 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 last one i suppose um and mm, I, I think that'll be an interesting one to talk but the last one is 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 finicum um i i finally landed on pronouncing her name as finicum Okay, um, it's not fine. Like, fine, fin, 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 him, fine, quave, fion, quave, fin, quave, and I was there's lots of different versions of that, and I was like, Irish people put a, an extra half syllable in the middle of things when they're tricky to pronounce. Yeah, as in like, for example, no. Surica, S O R C H A, Surica, Surica, yeah, you know, or I'm going to a Film, film, film. Yeah. yeah, half syllable. So Films it made sense to, to me. It made sense to me to put a little half syllable in the middle of her name to make it easier to say. So she's Finnegan. Um, but yes, I found this one a little. I found this one quite difficult to tell as well because again, this is one that I've been kind of looking forward to telling and wanting to tell for a long time because yeah, is she's another one of those characters who doesn't really get talked about a huge amount and yet when you start looking at her she's very interesting because like she's Ket's she's Ket's sister right Ket McMothuk of Connacht who is just a yeah a beautiful character (laughs) who's a beautiful psychopath and one of the warriors of Connacht and the greatest enemy of Conal Carnock that's Finnegan's brother Um, and yet she is also one of the children of Nessa so she is definitively and absolutely an Ulster person. Now I was, or wait, hang on, is she calf? No. Anyway, I looked into her and I was trying to figure out what exactly was her relationship with all of these different people because she is Crohor's sister, she is Cú Collins' wet nurse, she is a woman of Ulster, she is also the sister of Ket. And what finally got my head around that was the idea of fosterage because that's often not really distinguished whether someone is a brother or a sister or a foster brother or a foster sister. Yeah. So I, I had her then, then, then it kind of clicked for me as being like, Oh, she's kept foster. So they fucking grew up together. Cause you'd be fostered from like when you could leave your mother, which was probably about like maybe five or six to what was in medieval times, it was 14 for a girl and 17 for a boy. So you would spend upwards of 10 years with a different family in a different part of the country. And it was a kind of a, like, it was a little bit hostage situation. Like you have our kids, so we're not going to go to war with you. And it was also a little bit, um, (laughs) it was also a little bit, 
Yeah, but it was also a little bit diplomacy because it was like, well, now you're going to have family ties to this part of the world. And so it's yeah. it's a kind of an interesting like, you know, you could see it from either perspective and it was kind of both of those things right. at the same time. And it was also kind of like, you know, building friendships, building relationships, strengthening ties. So it was kind of interesting to be like, all right, well, let's make her have a very close personal relationship with somebody who's politically her enemy. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And- yeah. She's an interesting, like, I, I love her from, like, I remember telling, we've told it a couple of times, the, 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 the birth story of Colin yeah. uh, Karnak and, like, the fact that live, this goes down an absolute hoot, like, because she basically, she's married to a guy who is, I guess, impotent, and then she meets a druid. Uh, who says I've I just need to meet me down the road by yeah. the I'm very good I've some very good spells a very good wishing stick um and <laughs> it's called, you know it's a tricking stick I think you stick, I think you mean stick in the yeah stick. in the story um, of Mission Dovrish but yeah like yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a there's a real big innuendo and I was actually reading that and I was going yeah no that's literally what it says he says you know meet me and pay the price and then the price was good. So th- he said the prayers and it's like, hmm, she definitely, definitely slept with that guy. But like, yeah. again, that's <laughs> that's kind of a comedic beat in the story. Whereas I think the kind of, for me, the core of the story was about someone who is very driven by their personal ties, being in a situation that's very political and mm. very much about prophecy. So like everybody around, including her husband, Amergan, Amergan has a whole, uh, he's he's a poet in Ulster. He's not uh, he's not the same Amergan from the Book of Invasions, um, but he has a whole poetic series about Confusing, what, he's also a poet. So. Well, like we know this from Irish mythology. Every There's about four names in the whole fucking yeah. thing and everybody has them recycled over and over again. How many Ollils o- are Ocky. there again? <laughs> Ollils. Ockies. Yeah. There's a, every second fucker is an Ockie or an Ollil. So, and, and again, Amergan's another one of those names that a lot of people are called Amergan. So he's an Amergan and he's a poet, but his poems are about what is the right season for certain things. Um, so I kind of worked that into the story. Um, and then nice. it just being something about her having her own her own yeah that idea of the personal versus the political and Mm -hmm. like now versus prophecy and like somebody and and the thing that I found the thing that I found difficult to get into about this story was like this is a woman who is intensely driven by her her desire to have a child and like I was actually talking to a couple of friends of mine who have kids about the like at one point, the conversation got onto the like, you know, I because a, a lot of my friends have kids or are having kids at the moment. And I'm always like, it's such a kind of a strange thing because I at one point in my life was like, I'll probably have kids at some stage. And then I realized that, you know, I would actually have to do something about it and like make that happen. And I was like, oh, that seems like entirely unappealing at every step. Like what? Why? would anybody and and the more I kind of actually thought about oh you know if you wanted to have kids you would probably have to have them like soon I was like ah, nah, that sounds that sense no crack so it was really interesting talking to them because like I was also kind of it was the idea of for a lot of people I think there is a desire there's almost a physical desire to like be pregnant mm. that's like quite intense and when I was growing up, I was told, hey, once you turn 30, you're going to feel this. And, you know, I'm nearly 40. I've never felt this. So that's 
lies completely. I'm sure it's true for some people, but like you know, it is sure. no means universal. But like that this totally. is a really intense desire that people feel. So I was kind of like trying to again this is where the gendered thing I think breaks down a little bit because I think if you were telling this story or if Oshin were telling this story you'd be like I cannot I you know I, because I am not a woman I don't understand what the desire is to have children in this really like intense physical way of like what's and it like to you, crave you, being pregnant you as a woman can't do that either so yeah yeah I'm not. sitting here with the fully functional womb being like I don't get it I don't at all get it yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I so, probably get it more than you, actually. I'm sure many men get it more than me because a lot of men want children. Um, so I'm yeah, sure yeah, there yeah. are a large part of the male population get it more. the whole getting pregnant I thing, I, I can't, I can't. <laughs> that one. Uh, but I also think there's there's something about like having kids in terms of like I want you know wanting to have the baby versus mm. like the person that you have a relationship with when they're like you know. 16 and 18 and 25 and grown up like I think that's also kind of yeah 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 absolutely you want it like a baby versus a child that you parent versus a you know a a person that at all their different stages of development yeah absolutely and that was also kind of part of my thing of like I wouldn't be totally averse to the idea of kids if you could get them when they were about yeah you know Nine or ten when they're getting interesting, and you can have a conversation. Um. I <laughs> like uh, considering I've I've just been spending the last month with my nephew that I've met for the first time, who's adorable and one. He's very old. cute. I, I get it, kind of, but also it's a lot. I go. I, we were over visiting uh, friends across uh, a friend of my brother's, and they have uh, a, four, a five-year-old and a nine-year-old. And a grey crack, like, you know, grey crack for me to come in and throw them into the water, play handstands, yeah. go swimming with, and you like, and then, you know, get to go away again. And that's mm. the fun uncle mm. part of, of, mm. of and like, <laughs> Tio time is like what, what we're calling it. I get the uncle time, get the, take the baby, go from walking yep. around, play with him. Uh, he's like great for like an hour. And then it's like, okay, he wants his mom back. He wants a boob. Yeah. Uh, he's just, he's getting... He's getting hungry or angry or messy. Something. <laughs> he can be great, crack, and yeah. then he can be so much work. I'm like, okay, thank God like, I don't have to always be around. And kind of sometimes kids are both. Sometimes they're great crack. And afterwards you're like, wow, I was fucking working for that hour that I was playing with oh, my yeah. friend's kid. Like that was fucking, oh, I need a nap. <laughs> and they could just kill themselves at any one time by throwing they themselves do off seem- they do seem intent on trying to hurt, destroy themselves when they are a, a certain age. Don't eat that in your mouth. Don't, Jesus, <laughs> stop. Oh my God. Don't eat that. You psycho. Don't jump off the counter. <laughs> like yeah, I bet he does. Yeah. <laughs> he is yeah. a Haggerty after all. He is, <laughs> he is a Haggerty. He is, he is a burrito. He is a little With donkey. The Colombian twist. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Irish coffee, yeah. baby. Um, <laughs> Um, it's got to be his signature about, drink. Tell me about uh, Finnicum's uh, battle rage moment and uh, when when the Morrigan is called upon her. Ah, uh, yeah. Ah, uh, well, for me, that's the bit because there's like the whole central tension of that story was like prophecy versus right now. 
Like mm. she's in it. She's in a country where everyone is concerned with prophecy and the future and politics and like how things are, how this is going to affect something that happens like 10 years, 20 years in the future. And she's somebody who's like, I want a baby today. I want to be, I want to have a baby. I don't fucking care about 10 years from now. I want my baby. And so when she is, when she finally manages to get pregnant, which is its own little side quest, um, and Kat takes her in and minds her. And she finally has her beautiful, slightly creepy looking baby, who is Conal Carnock. There's a prophecy. And the prophecy is that this baby is going to grow up to be a warrior who's going to kill more Connacht men than are alive that day. And her brother, her protector, her best friend since they were children, acts on the prophecy and doesn't act on the relationship. And that's her battle rage because he puts he puts the future above now and he puts his fear of the future above the person that is in front of him today. And he tries to kill the baby. And because it's a magic baby, he's not able to kill the baby. <laughs> I'd, say, there, I'd she, say there's a bit of a metaphor there. It's it, it could be could be something there. I'm just I think there's there's a message. It's it's maybe I, you know what I haven't quite got be, it yet. Carry on. I thought I had there it. Might, no, never mind. I feel never like mind. there's an in, deeply encoded hint in this myth that maybe don't kill babies. So, maybe don't yeah, stamp, step that? on babies. Maybe. I, I, think, I thought it was the now <laughs> thing versus the future. Okay, never mind. I, I lost it. I you know what? Either or. Either or. Um, it, so, yeah, was that too was. prescriptive. I was too on the nose and I missed it. Yeah. Yeah, probably on. that don't, was it yeah don't kill that was baby. it i think that was it i think that was that was that was finicum for me that was my kind of experience of recording finicum and also like yeah her culmination her moment of rage is when her brother fucking betrays her uh and tries to kill Fair. her kid and there uh, is which... no wrath there is no wrath like a mother who has been possibly disturbed or their child has just been endangered you're just gonna like you're releasing cali but like daughter. if you you know it's a bad idea to wake up a mother when she's having an arrest. That's a stupid thing to do. No one should do it. She no. will be rage filled goddess and as she should be. And if you wake her up because you are hurting her baby, that's just whatever happens is fully on you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys out there, just listen up. Okay. This is the one thing you don't do. There's many things in there that you don't do. Don't wake up, don't wake up sleeping mothers. Let sleeping mothers lie. I think that should Let's be sleeping. the saying. I think that always should have been the saying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> They're tired. Well, listen, they need a rest. We've we've brought our uh, battle rage series to a close. We've gotten some great yeah. feedback, so thank you all for messaging us and 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 or uh, reaching out or commenting or subscribing and liking the podcast uh, from uh, various platforms. So thank you so much. Up next, we're going to be doing. Um, we're looking forward to Bridget's Day, uh, which is uh, mm -hmm. going to be celebrated in Ireland as a national holiday, which is very exciting. Um, uh, not this year. They they no, pushed it off until coming. next year, which is annoying. It's but, very annoying, but we're going to celebrate it anyway. And we're just going to take a, a take a take a national holiday without them actually giving an. I, I don't know. We're going to celebrate it. We're going to celebrate. <laughs> we'll and be celebrating it. Our way of celebrating it, we, we've teamed up with three fantastic artists who have done uh, illustrations of unique and very personal uh, types. And so you'll be able to see these sh three short videos on our YouTube channel coming very soon. Um, and so please go to our YouTube channel and check out those. And we'll be 
posting about the uh, three artists. I'm going to keep them, keep their names secret now for a moment. And then yes. uh, people will have to find secret out on our Instagram, or Facebook or uh, yeah. YouTube. So that's the crack with that. And then we'll be having some more goddess stories. We are going to have some more goddess stories. We are also going to have a special guest story, which is going to be very cool. And we're going to have a special guest on our uh, chat for the month. So we're going to do a chat post show about the February, the goddess series. Uh, so we're going to have cool animations. We're going to have guest podcasts. It's going to be fun. And then we're also going to do some some stories, some just goddess and, uh, stuff. If- you oh yeah i just i, I want to say this even though this is going to come out afterwards uh we've had one and we're about to have another one candle of tales in guatemala night my dad sang for like the the musical break um which is a whole family affair so neil was telling oshin tiranog with me last week and next week we'll be telling irish love stories but that's after they I mean this will come out after that. So this sorry. will come out after that happens. Yes, yes, yes. That's but fair. That's it was fair. very fun to do some live storytelling in Guatemala. And hopefully we'll be getting back to that um, as we will be. Well, I guess we can probably mention Crew, right? I think we can mention Crew. I feel like we may have mentioned Crew on a podcast already. We did, but we, uh-huh. we can definitely actually say that we, you know, are, are moving forward with a whole arts funded uh, project going to primary yeah. schools. Doing a game-based yeah. storytelling show, which is which will hopefully, if everybody asks for it, take over the the island of Ireland. That's all we need. Yes. We just need a few pe- few more people to like request it. Get your get your school to get onto the Civic and and ask their early years program about. Get your kids' school to get onto the Civic Theatre in Tala and ask them about Crahu, uh and Candle of Tales, and we will and next year. We will we will be able to get there. Get it go. Yeah. Absolutely. Very exciting. Absolutely. Very exciting. It's very exciting. Um, That's all from us, really, I think. Indeed. Uh, that'll do. All right. Thanks very much for listening and thanks for the Patreon support. Patreon.com forward slash candle tales if you want to help us out. Or uh, you know, share, like, do what you will. And we'll see you next time on the Candle Tales podcast. You. You. <laughs>